0: been spiking the purple Kool-Aid since October of 2012. And who wants to listen to that? It's the Amadio Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Grant Tommy and Doug Rochelo.
1: Another episode of the E Podcast. I am your host Grant Tommy, GT Cat on Wabash Station. Uh, but this this episode, once again, I do not have Doug as the co-host. We are still doing interviews, and uh, my next guest. Uh, this is sort of uh, this, this much like Black Friday kicks off the holiday shopping season. This time of year gets extra busy for my next guest who is a college football writer for footballscoop.com, as well as College Football Talk, part of NBCSports.com. Zach Barnett, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Well, well, Zach, we'll start a little bit with, like, kind of the intro. Just how, what what is this time of year, what does it mean to you, this time of year? Do you gear up? Do you have to get emotionally prepped? Of course, I know you have your... Uh, um, nuclear winter story that you always sort of is, is like the beginning of the coaching carousel. What, what is this time of year like for you over at footballscoop.com?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, when I first started here, I've been doing this since 2012, so this is, I guess, my, uh, my seventh uh, coaching carousel. Yeah, nuclear winter is kind of a good uh, uh, way to, to get those gears turning about what might happen and, and what, uh, what ways to prepare. Um, yeah, I, I'm married with three kids, so um, the first year or two, it was kind of an adjustment because um, I work from home, so sometimes I'm, I'm on the couch watching movies, and then I'm up, you know, at, at a moment's notice. with really no explanation, so uh, luckily my, my family, uh, my wife, are, 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 are understanding about it at this point, so it's, uh, you know, a good explanation is on, on Halloween night, we were about getting ready to uh, go uh, trick-or-treating. And then Maryland announced that DJ Durkin had been fired. So we, we had a whole lot of on that for, for half an hour while I, while I dealt with that.
1: Yeah, certainly the uh, the boss man who gives me this opportunity to have this podcast, Tim Fitzgerald at gopower dot catcom I always forget to lob out my gratitude in my intro. Um, can certainly relate to that. I mean, that is the life of a sports beat writer, if you will. I mean, I know your job's not necessarily that, but still sports journalism. Um, so and I love the nuclear winter piece. It's a little bit of a satire. I know kind of a tongue in cheek piece, but it's always the, um, you know, on websites like com that are so focused on around recruit college football recruiting. That is not something I usually get into, but this time of year is what I love geeking out about. I guess I've, I've joked that I guess it's college football matchmaker season is what I call it. It's As as males, uh, I think it's a, a, our excuse to try to set someone up on blind dates you know, and fantasize about who might land where and, and how it might might be a good fit or might not be a good fit. So kind of one of the other names that kicked off the coaching carousel season was Les Miles at our rival down the road there in Lawrence, heading to Kansas. So, Zach, I'll ask you, um, first off, what, how would you grade the hire? But also, like in your circles, what are other people saying about that
0: hire? Um, I, would, I would give it a, a, uh, a C uh, if we're trying to be generous. Um, we're waiting. It's been uh, about a week and a half now, unless Phil doesn't have his, his offensive coordinator yet. So he's um, going to hold out a, a full grade until he, he starts hiring his staff. But I, I don't really like to hire. If I'm a K-State fan, it, it doesn't really worry me. Um, he, you know, he, he was he passed by at LSU because he refused to adapt. So he's kind of paid lip service to to that idea since he left there. But I'm kind of afraid for Kansas' purpose that he's going to try to adapt in the wrong way and just like, I'll go get a spread guy. And if you're Kansas at this point, you're not going to outspread you know, the ultimate air raid conference. So if I, if, if I was them, I would have gone to a triple option, not, not just because it's a gimmick and it's fun, but I really do think you could hit uh, the, the conference where, where it hurts at this point in a similar way that the air raid did 20 years ago you know, and used, you know, a scheme to, to mask a, a talent gap. So it doesn't look like can't, uh, Kansas is going to do that. I think this is just kind of a buddy hire. Jeff Long tried to hire... Less miles in Arkansas back in 2013, and ended up just just getting less uh, an extension and a raise there. So I I just think this is a comfort hire and a, not one that, that really scares me if I'm a, if I'm a State fan.
1: And so uh, you know, if the people you talk to are they are they kind of saying some of the same things?
0: Yeah, I think there's a whispers starting to go around at this point that he doesn't really have his staff together. I mean, Mac Brown. Um, You know, was introduced yesterday and just hired Tim Brewster today. So, uh, Max sitting the ground running and Les uh, hasn't really done that yet.
1: Well, certainly some comforting news to Kansas State fans. I think I can speak on behalf of many um, to hear that. But, uh, of course, the frustrating moment that we find ourselves in or the time seems like it's suspended itself, maybe K-State fans are on pins and needles. Um, We record this Wednesday night, November 28th, so should something happen between (laughs) now and when this podcast goes up. um, K-State fans, unfortunately, a little bit of a limbo with the coaching situation. Haven't heard one way or the other what Bill Snyder has decided for the future of himself as well as the program. But I think then I'd like to turn the focus of the podcast a little bit to the Texas Tech coaching situation because I think there's a lot of parallels you can draw between Kansas State situation and the Texas Tech situation I think the hot boards probably wind up looking very similar at the end of the day um but Zach what I I think before we kind of dig deeper into the Texas Tech situation um I'm just kind of curious cuz I know you're far enough of a outside perspective you're not you're in the Big 12 footprint but not necessarily uh have have ties too close to any one particular Big 12 program, since you get a look at it from kind of an unbiased third-person point of view, which job do you think is actually better between Kansas State and Texas Tech? If these jobs were open at the same time, who do you think draws more appeal?
0: I I really do think it's it's K-State at this point. Um, I think that uh, um, you you tried to draw parallels between K-State and Texas Tech. Seth Luttrell is uh has been mentioned uh, for both but um you know just uh based on conversations i've had with people i think if you if you were to place both offers in front of them i think you would take the k-state job and you know part of that is is geography playing to uh the, to k-state's advantage because he, he's from Muskogee, oklahoma so it's, it's closer to home at k-state than it is at tech but obviously you know he, he worked at tech in the past um you know, I'm not going to come out and say who, but I do know of uh, of one um, sitting Power Five head coach that I do think would be highly interested in a K-State job should it come open. And you, you know, we're not really hearing that type of talk for the Tech job.
1: Well, that's uh, gives me excuse then to skip forward to uh, what was slated as question four for you, which is the Seth Littrell <laughs> question. Um, which, first off, you know, on Wabash Station, the the Premier Message Board for com. I did share your article you wrote two years ago when North Texas hired Seth Luttrell. Fantastic article, by the way. Um, and, and so, since I know you are very close to that North Texas situation, um, what what do you think it is about Seth Luttrell that makes him attractive to Power Five schools outside of ob- the obvious reasons, the the wins and loss column going? Haven't posted now two back-to-back 9-win seasons, what what maybe is the next thing that makes Seth Luttrell the most appealing candidate for some of these schools?
0: I think the fact that he's gone out and done it. I mean, we were seeing, you know, we touched on this with Les Miles and uh, at Mac Brown, we're seeing so many uh, schools opt for, for guys that are proven to be the less risky ones, while, um, you know, some, some hot maybe hot coordinators maybe haven't gotten Opportunities that they may might have gotten three or four years ago. So the fact that he's come out and done it, proved himself at North Texas. He's made you know North Texas cool. Which to think that North Texas could be cool, you know, however cool it was, you know, would have been unthinkable at the time he got there. I mean, North Texas went 11 and lost 66 to seven at home to an FCS team on homecoming the year before he got there. So that's where the the program was at that point. And now, um, you know, they got they went nine and three this year and underachieved. You know, they really, you know, they'll tell you they really should be twelve and zero at this point. Um, I think, you know, he, he uh, immediately improved when he got there, going from one win to five, and then it wasn't satisfied. He he made some staff changes, which I think showed maturity for for a young head coach to do, and then those staff changes uh, paid off well because he. he uh, Change the defensive coordinator, change of special teams coordinator, and both of those positions are now strengths of, of the team here in, in year three. So, and then he he's shown vision. You know, their uh, their social media game is, is well above you know where it was before. It's, you know, one of the best in in conference USA. So I think he's he's more than just a guy that, that can you know call area plays and and look cool. I think he's he's a well-rounded head coach at this point.
1: And Zach, just for uh, full posterity, I I think I remember the story right, but I don't want to get it wrong. For the listeners, can you can you tell us exactly your, your ties to the North Texas program?
0: Yeah, I, I do have. Uh, my dad uh, went to North Texas. My 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 mom uh, went to North Texas. Uh, so just about everyone in my family, uh, except for me, went to North Texas or has some sort of relationship there. Uh, I worked there briefly out of college and then my dad does uh north texas radio uh play-by-play for them right now so um i am uh closer to that program than i am just about any other hobby for obvious reasons
1: okay yeah i don't i i think i would have got that about 80 percent right so 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 i'm glad i asked instead of trying to the throw some false stuff out there but one of the other popular names that shows up on well a lot of people's lists somewhat Texas Tech and Kansas State's for sure um is Brent Venables and Zach this this character is uh you know for obvious reasons very appealing to Kansas State being a former player uh, much like Kirby Hocutt, who they were teammates so there's obvious ties for Brent Venables to look appealing to both fan bases. However, his name, in first many, like he has followed the pattern or the path, the trajectory, whatever you want to say, of should become a head college head coach someday. But for whatever reason, after all these years between both his Oklahoma stint and now at Clemson, you know his name's been floated a ton of times. But I, in my recollection, really as close as he ever got to being considered halfway serious for any job, I think he got, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he got an interview actually at Arkansas last year. But I think that's about it. And we're talking about a success um, background of, you know, you know since it's almost 20 years now. So I guess I would be curious to ask you, knowing how dialed in you are to the coaching search, coaching carousel, this is what you do what do you know, if anything, about Brent Venables that would point to, is he really ever going to pursue a head coaching gig? I mean, we all saw those comments that he had at the press conference this week. So is Brent Venables really a viable candidate for anybody?
0: Um, you know, so much of this stuff is is about timing, timing and fit, and, um, I you know I think the, the, what he said publicly kind of says it all at this point is that he, he made a promise to his son Jake who's a freshman linebacker for for Clemson sold him on a dream and doesn't want to turn around and leave and make himself look like a hypocrite now would that uh, you know that that's not exactly him you know uh, signing his name and blood to it but I do think that it's uh, you know obviously Brett's not a guy that's going to job hop anybody knows that he's had two jobs and however many years he's been at this point. So he's going to be very judicious. I do think he would be uh, highly interested in the K-State job, but if it were be to be presented to him you know, tomorrow, um, I, I do not know that he would take it just because of uh, you know, the, the family factor and the, the fact that his son's on the team.
1: Yeah, and if, if we want to talk about a third job um, before Oklahoma, he was uh, linebackers coach at Kansas State. Uh, took over the defense after Jim Levitt left and uh, a lot of Kansas State fans were reminded this morning thanks to one David Ubbin about 1998 and the tragedy that was in the TWA dome that I was at um, you know Brent Venables had announced the uh, well coach Bob Stoops had plucked a lot of that staff prior to that game and that was public knowledge and a lot of K State fans, right, wrong, or indifferent, like to think that that was a distraction in game prep heading up to that game. But nonetheless, um, like like I said, he took the place of Jim Levitt, and that seems to be another popular name. Again, once again, we're trying to draw parallels here to an actual coaching search at Texas Tech and a prospective coaching search at Kansas State. Um, Jim Levitt. So you know, obviously, there was that time frame of Mike Leach, Jim Levitt, and Mark Mangino all kind of getting publicized for their harsh treatment of players for for very different reasons. Do you think with Jim Levitt that has, now that we're so far removed, about a decade now, that that's really off the table in the eyes of a lot of these um, athletic directors? And then uh, just kind of finish up with where do you think the Texas Tech job search kind of sits at the current
0: moment? Um, I, I I do think it's going to be a factor just because you know something like that is going to follow you around for as long as you're 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 in coaching. So it, it, I guess how how big of a deal it is, I guess the mileage may varies depending on who's the AD. Um, excuse me, obviously Kirby Hokut, you know, played for Jim Leavitt at K-State, so he's going to know him better than than just about anybody else. And you know, there was a report today out of the uh, the Lubbock Avalanche Journal that said that uh, Matt Wells looks like the top choice for him at the the Utah State coach looks like the top choice at, right now at Tech. I continue to hear that it, that it, it's going to end up being Jim Levet. Uh, will it be? I don't know. But if you were to uh, you know uh, force me to put money on money down on somebody right now, I think it would be Jim Levitt. So if we're talking about a potential K State search, you know, opening up, you know, by the time this podcast is released, I I do think there's a
1: possibility that he'd be off the table. Wow, that's uh, hard news to to hear, tough news to swallow. He's personally, for me, one of my my top candidates. But, um, Zach, I think that's um, kind of a tremendous note to to end on. But before I let you go, I do kind of want to give you the opportunity to kind of tell us a little bit more about Football Scoop. Obviously, it's a great place to, to catch the tab at the top of the screen, The Scoop for updates on the current status of the global picture of the college football coaching search, coaching carousel. Um, but I also know you guys obviously do many other things besides just the coaching search. There's um, strength and conditioning and, and athletic directors and football operations stuff. You guys give out awards. Tell us a little bit more about Football Scoop and what and what it has to offer.
0: Yeah, we, uh, um, you know, I, I tell people... That, that don't know that don't know anything about football or whatever. That it's kind of a trade publication a blog form, but it's I mean it's really more than that. We you know coach of the year awards. You know we, we track changes from everything from high school to, to DFOs to strength and conditioning coaches, and then we uh, um, Doug and I who do the articles, you know trying you know give you a reason to come back each and every day with you know entertaining informative stuff. So. You know, people always ask, you know, what do you do in the offseason? I always kind of chuckle that there is no offseason in college football. There's always something going on whether they're playing games or not.
1: Well, guys, go to check out Zach's work on footballscoop.com, also College Football Talk, part of NBCsports.com. You can find him on Twitter at Zach underscore Barnett, and that is with two Ts. Um, that'll – do it for this episode, Zach. Thanks, thank you for your time.
0: Okay, thank you for having me, Grant. I, I appreciate you uh, reading and sharing my stuff.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's my pleasure to have you on. This is only the second time I've interviewed you, but I've, I've admired your work from afar for for quite some time, and uh, definitely uh, this time of year, a trusted place to uh, to have on your your quick links. So that'll do it for this episode. And until next time, peace out.